This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Lou Roberts. This is Tyrese Campbell. And you're listening to the Every Step Along The Way podcast. Well, last time, last time we did this, we had about 50 questions and we got through about seven because we, <laughs> you told us that many good stories, John, that we could have gone on forever. But I guess the first part, just to kind of say that, that we had was, was fantastic. It was received really, really well. Um, the feedback for some of the stories was, was incredible. Um, I think, Simon, you've just said that we're going to be putting the books um, into the club shop now. So yeah, yes. thank you to, to everyone who's gone into the club shop and asked for, for that to happen. Yes, thank you very much. Um, and Dan, over to you. Yeah, I think um, today we're probably, because I say we haven't, it's not just the four of us who were here last time, is it? There's another special guest. So we've got Nello with us today <laughs> as well. Um, so I think we'll probably focus a lot on sort of the interactions between John and Nello and you know, Pottery's Derby, sort of like. So when when did you first sort of come into contact with Nello? It was the first time you met. Nah, I think I used to see Nello at the outside the ground all the time. Yeah. You know, didn't we? we used to yeah. see him and then we meet him and yeah, and sort of obviously with the my relation with uh, with the Lou was always good. I mean, although we were big rivals, we used to get on pretty well. Yeah. Lou didn't live too far away from from us now. But I mean, obviously, there's obviously uh, um, a lot of competition between the two teams, and so then with the uh, Nello was always there, and also um, Lou was there for you know long times, which um, you know we were uh, good experiences really for us, mm. you know. And obviously, having Port Vale having the local derbies, the first time for for years and years, yeah, and sort of in, it was a. Uh, Great matches as well. You know, we had some fantastic games and sort of, uh, I think that um, probably uh, out of the games we played, probably the Bell, probably, um, although we probably we probably may have been thinking that we're the underdogs, but we, we did uh, hold our own pretty well. I think we're out of the lot. We won five. Uh, and and drew, I think drew, drew six and lost four. Out of all the games that we played against uh, against uh, Stoke, so that went too bad to say that uh, you know we we're talking about that um, we were always the underdogs at that time, but then the uh, 
the next season came that Stoke got relegated, and so we were we were the top club in the city. So, <laughs> so I mean that was um, that was sort of uh, unusual to see for the for the Potters era, but I mean it was um, it was a great time then. I mean I think is. Um, it's a long time ago, and sort of my memory on that is not the greatest in the sense. But I mean, I think that I think the, those games which we played were absolutely fantastic matches. And there's a, the gates you're talking about, and you're looking at some of the gates which we had there. You know, the twenty odd thousands, which were you know, and it was um, it was a great thing really. I mean, because it was years before they played each other before, and it was um, they were great times then. You know, it was. Uh, very competitive, and it was really the talk of the town. Yeah, you talk about the gates. I mean, I've, I've had a look at sort of them seasons and stuff, and you, I say it could be 20, 22,000, and then mm. the next highest could be 12, 13, if you're lucky. And that'd be if you were, you know, a, a sort of a, a, a sort of a, a Premier League club and dropped down to, you know, relegated. And so the average crowds would be more than double, wouldn't it, for both clubs for those games? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, Port Vale had not seen anything like it. Don't forget, when I first arrived at Port Vale, um, <clears throat> 79, we were the end 2,000 gates. You know, so, I mean, to yeah. go to, go to, to actually go to Stoke and being involved in a, a game which we got 20 odd thousand, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I remember like, every, every way ends, no which club was, it'd be sold out, wouldn't it? The way ends would be sold out, and like I say, most of the, the home ends, whichever club was at home, would be. Yeah, I mean, they used to tell me that at one time before their, their time were there, is that, that uh, uh, supporters used to go to Stoke one, one week. Yeah, and then to the go the bail the next, but that mm. sat when we got onto a level level platform, yeah. that sort of a, sort of erased, yeah. and sort of we got to a situation where, oh no, we're not going to get the bail now, or we're not going to get a Stoke now. Yeah. Um, that was news of that. I watched Mark Chamberlain, my favourite Stoke City player, play for Port Vale. That's where I first saw him mm. um, in nineteen eighty. So that's two years before we moved, um, and uh, you know that. It didn't feel wrong. Let's put yeah, it that yeah. way. I think what you, John, and, and Lou did in those incredible derbies, especially the 92 93 season, has kind of changed all that for a, yeah. a couple of generations, to say the least. Yeah, the 92 93 season, I think that we clashed five times. I just know that. And I mean, it was. Uh, <clears throat> um, and I think the, the, the time, the, the first one, I think the steady went down for a penalty. I think there was never a Definitely. penalty in this world. I mean, <laughs> anyway, good. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, we, we finished up losing that, but then we, uh, we beat them in the FA Cup. Um, and then in the Autogless semi-final, I think um, uh, we managed to win that game as well. Um, there was crowds of over 20,000 then. I mean, so I mean, I know Stoke can still get twenty thousand gates now, mm. but I mean, at that time it was um, it was fantastic and sort of, and we went on when went on to win the Autoglass final at Wembley for you know two one, which is uh, after beating Stoke in the Autoglass. So I mean, that was uh, they were great times and sort of great time for the supporters as well as for, for us as well, and. Um, you know, great, bring back great memories for me. But as I said, thirty odd years ago, where's all them years gone? <laughs> Soon gone. Yeah. I was, was going to say, now, what was your first experience of a Stoke Vale? Um, I started going Stoke when I was about fourteen, nineteen fifty-seven. 
when Tim Coleman scored seven goals. Oh, you saw that game? Yes, of course. And that was a great game. And not only that, I remember when John Mill as well, when his kit man died, and I went to a funeral for representing Stoke for that. And I thought, what a great service that was, because I sang on my own. And it was sad to see Stan go like that, because we got on well together, like me and George did, really. Yeah. But um, Lou said that George was upsetting him one day. So that's why I tied him up. <laughs> well, this is it, yeah. That's a great segue. Yeah. Yeah. And I know when John came looking for him, you couldn't find him. But I knew where he was. No, he said, no, no, I was looking all over the place for him. No, I don't know where the hell you'd put him, Nigel. No. <laughs> so let's rewind on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But it was very funny because um, I got on... Really, when George, yeah, I think we still do, yeah. you know, yeah. before he died, and he always asked her how I was, and I thought, George, you're a great pal, yeah, and football's been a great pal for me. So he was the lead Paul Vale commentator at the time, yeah, Stoke, and obviously Nigel Johnson would have been the Stoke, Stoke. commentator. Yeah. So he's arrived at the ground, mm. ready to do his sort of his shift, if you like. No, he came in Lou's office first. So, so this is this is contact April '97. Yeah, this mm. was. Yeah. So well. he turns up in in Lou's office. I was I, I was actually in the tunnel because I was making the video history at oh, that wow. time. I saw some of this happen, but Neil was there. <laughs> and I thought me and Benny got hold of him, got him in the chair, tied him up. All his mouth tied up. And when I saw it in the paper, when George had died, I thought, did I do a wrong thing or not? But it was a bit of fun that day. Yeah. And I thought, I didn't want him to miss any of the game. But, <laughs> but he just, did. Just a half, yeah. Just a half. Uh, so what time, what time did you... Tie him up there. We got him about uh, two o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> good hour before we came. Ah. so, so I can you just imagine on, on like the little the, the, the press gantry that night yeah. runs and sort of at two o'clock thinking, We're going live here. Where, 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 I know. Oh, we're doing this on the And when he, when he died, I saw it in the paper that yeah. I tied him up. <laughs> and radio still even give it out. When I was listening, <laughs> so I thought, no. where did you actually put him? Kit room. In the in your kit room. Yeah. Uh, no, it was. Um, I remember that. I mean, obviously, I was at the funeral last week. Yeah. And obviously, I was amazed, really, that I mean, we'd only seen George. He was at, at our Paul Vale game, standing outside the ground as I was arriving, probably you know a week, twelve days ago. I was amazed, like that he'd uh, he'd passed away, and obviously mm. very sad. And sort of, uh, we had some great memories with the George, and obviously, Danello yeah. is uh, that instance there is uh, is sort of uh, a real story, really, Nello, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it I think was. It, it, uh, <coughs> it was one which uh, I think everybody remembers. But um, there was a lot of people at um, at um, George's funeral. Mm. A lot of the people, you know, and. Uh, 
it was very sad for that uh, for happen, you know. Um, but I didn't know he was married. No, he kept that more or less to himself. But I mean, I I, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, he lived more think near Stafford. Mm. He lived near Stafford, but the funeral was and sort of and uh, it was um, uh, a sad occasion with a lot of a lot of people there. You know, really good turnout for him regarding sort of sending him off. But it was a it was a shock to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I think about the thing about George for for me is uh, someone who's been involved, firstly listening, obviously, but also then um, in and out of the media with various things I've done over the years. Is that you could always count on George to be utterly enthusiastic about whatever yeah. you were doing. He was completely irrepressible, and also, I and mean, I know Vale fans absolutely um, adore him, but he could come out with these incredible lines at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, which have gone down in legend, just as we've got Stoke versions of those. Bale fans have uh, him providing, well, I, I don't know how long he was commentating, must be 30 odd years. Felt like forever. Yeah. He always looked exactly the same. He always had a And nobody shirt knew how old he was until we came out. I was well, amazed when they said that he was only 64. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very young, really. But well, he always looked the same. Yeah. Was he quite a private person then? I, just yeah, said, oh, yeah. I knew nothing about him apart from his commentary. No, it wasn't a situation where you'd sort of be there and sort of you, you, you'd be speaking to him on a, on a mm-hmm. regu- regular basis and sort of. But he was, um, he was always there, George. Yeah. Because you know, I there. remember one night when he was at King's Hall for Robbie Fowler, ex Liverpool player. Yeah. And I was there as well as a guest. And. Robbie said to me, you're more famous than I am. <laughs> I said, am I? And George was uh, compare of it. And it was great seeing George there as well. Yeah, yeah well, Nello, you've been brilliant, haven't you? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the thing is, featuring in London in the theatres and things like that, Nello. I and mean, the first theatre to be open in 50 years. Before Shakespeare. The second play that was on was a William Shakespeare. Whoever he is, some <laughs> oh, of you may have heard of him. He, he lives out your area. No, but he, he did. did. I did live now down there. <laughs> no, which is it. Um, um, no. I mean, just sort of finishing off that story about George. So you then spent pre-match, not with your team, but maybe just looking around wondering where George Andrews was. Well, we didn't know where the hell he was. I mean, but I mean, hello, and knew knew where he was. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, I think that I think Lou rescued him in the end, didn't he? Did he, Lou? Look, he, yeah. he said, "Nello, you're going to have to sort this out." Have you seen George? I said, "Ah, oh, he's locked up." <laughs> was that half time? No, uh, before the game started. Uh, it was just before the game started. Ah. Yeah, because he didn't get there till half time. That, that was it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You took a bit of time to cover, didn't you? <laughs> you came so Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, I mean, you talked then about the 1992-93 season as well and the five games. Was that the... So you went to Wembley and won the Auto Rash Trophy. He did, yes. The year after Stoke had won it. Yeah. Stoke won the league that year. There's a, obviously, you very nearly went up automatically didn't you as well yeah but that I mean like, dearly me it was the case I think that they'd got to play I think it was Bolton they got to play that's right and we had got um, 
We were just behind them. Baltimore got a chance of going up. We went to Blackpool, beat Blackpool 4-2. And we were we were trying to see whether the Stoke had managed to sort of <laughs> really try the best and sort of try and hold them to <clears throat> to a, a defeat. But we, when we said, I said, there's no way Stoke are going to beat them. <laughs> I said, unless let us get promotion. You know, I, I, I couldn't see this happening. As I said, we'd got, actually, I can remember it now, Blackpool. We got the telephones then, she was showing the things, but we got the radio on and sort of seeing what were the results of us while we were playing at Blackpool. And, and Stoke lost 1-0. Mm-hmm. And I think one of, you know, the... Uh, uh, although they've lost one nil, I think the Stoke supporters were cheering. I think well, I think that season, that if you can imagine, we we had got 89, 89 points and didn't go up. That wins the league, some years, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you entered the playoffs. That yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that was incredible, really. But I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go up. So I mean. Uh, it was a it was a day when you when we knew full well that with Stoke going to Bolton, there was no way they were going to they were going to going to win that game. Because but there's actually a, there's a great story in the book. Um, I know it's a better story, but it's it's really interesting how a football manager, which might not happen these days, managed to motivate their team, John. That how you managed to motivate because you won promotion the next season. Yes, you must have all been on a massive low having lost at Wembley. To West Brom and having missed out because Stoke didn't, you know, managed to somehow lose at Bolton. I don't know how that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a brilliant story about how you motivated your players um, in, involving some something We'd only got to win the uh, draw the, the 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 next game to go into the final. He got beat three one because I was steaming. I said to him, I, I told him before. I said, look, lads, winter day. I said we'll be in the final now. I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll go up for a night out together on Wednesday night. I said, and we'll celebrate this. I said, and we'll play the final on Saturday. Anyway, we got beat three one. I was storming. I wasn't not happy at all. I said to me, you can stick that night, yeah, which we've arranged. I said, you finish. So we were sat in there, I can even see it now. I remember you, Sergeant, we were sitting in the, in the lounge, and the players were all sitting there. And then sort of, I said, oh, I'm going to bed. So I said, I'm going to bed. And so anyway, I left them there. Yeah. Next morning I get up, and the, the waiter comes up, I was having my breakfast, and he says, oh, she said, you're, I'm sure your players are a bit noisy last night coming in, weren't you? I said, you what? He says, yeah. I said, what time is that? He says, about half past one, quarter to two. I said, you what? So I thought, so and so as I thought, you know, so anyway. I said, so, so I said to him, uh, we were in train, I says, look, run the so and so's off him, will you? <laughs> and so um, <clears throat> we, um, and I says to him, after they'd been doing some training, I sat them all around in a circle. Mm-hmm. In a circle then, and I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I said to him, I said to him, did you let me down last night? <laughs> and so, <laughs> I forget it was the first, it was, um, 
Just trying to, just trying to create crack on it. Well, from Middlesbrough. Oh, Burnley. Burnley. And, and Bernie Slaven. I said to Bernie, I said, Bernie, did you let me down last night? And he went, and very luckily, he was told the truth. He said, yes, I did. And so, so, so I went all the way around the, the circle, because obviously, I said, no, I didn't, I didn't go out, I didn't go out. <laughs> and then, then, so, Ray Walker said he hadn't gone out, but eventually after about, when we were walking into the, back into the hotel, he said, I did, I did go out as well. So, you know, there was about four or five of them. And uh, I said, right. So what I did, I said, that's, you know, I said, you, you let me down, whatever. So anyway, I find them a week's wages. And so I said, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to tell um, anybody about this. I said, not even the, your wives, whatever, and things like that, going out there and that And so I said, but I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, that money, which I'm going to find you a week's wages, we're going to put it on as a bet. <laughs> to win promotion next year. Mm -hmm. How to motivate players. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I said to him, I says, look, I've got a mate, I says, who, who knows the, the bookie and whatever, I says, because, you know, we don't want to be involved. And I said, but I'll, 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 that money which you've got, I says, uh, which we find and find you for, you're the ones who've, uh, who've, uh, who went out and sort of let us down. I says, we'll put that on there. So... It was a great incentive for me to be able to say so when we uh, when we're going to play a game, and used to say, "Don't forget, we win today." You know, we're going to get you know, and sort of as an incentive, sort of saying, "We won again today, lads." Hey, get him, mate. So, at the end of the season, we won. We shared all the money out at the end of the day, but then, <laughs> but then so really but, and, and, how much did you win? <laughs> I can't do all that. Don't forget, hey, we, we, was, we was only on twenty pound a week anyway. Mate, so they're watching wages. <laughs> the irony is, Bernie, who was the first one to tell the truth, had left by the end. That's exactly <laughs> right, Bernie. Bernie, 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 Bernie had, had gone and moved on from there by the end before the end of the season. He he, he had a transfer from there. So Bernie, who. Uh, it was the one who was really the instigator of actually sort of being telling the truth. I mean, because you, you would think that said, no, I won't, no, 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 no. But he, I called him and he, he did, did brilliant for me, you know, because uh, they, the other players then couldn't, couldn't say that, no, they hadn't if they had it done, because yeah. the thing is, there's only Ray Walker who did. Yeah. But I mean, um, no, there was a great occasion. We used to go there on a regular basis, the Isle of Man. We used to go there pre-season. Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, it was a good tournament, little yeah. good, good tournament, you know, been sort of, and it was... Uh, Probably it, wasn't quite Tony Peeler's running over hill. Um, it's not it's no Austria. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, we've been talking with them, the members of Stoke, and I've used to go to Austria and whatever over there, and was, uh, we had some really good pre-seasons over there. Mm -hmm. I think these are all the things that we, as fans, we don't get to see yeah. that really happens no, behind the scenes. Um, uh, unless, for example, someone makes a BBC film about some of the stuff that goes on yes. uh, <laughs> behind the scenes. And, and obviously, with your time, Neil, as, yeah. as kit man at Stoke, there were some amazing things that happened, some mm -hmm. of which are in the film. I know not. I know Denny Smith carries on saying, oh, being the best kit man at Stoke. So. I believe would say that. Yeah. Of course, as well. No, I watched Marvels again last night, actually, yeah. um, just as a bit of a, a reminder. Um, mm. 
in the film, it portrays that you waited outside all day for Luke. Yeah. Um, is that exactly how it happened? Yeah. yeah. But I didn't get wet. <laughs> I, got under, I got under the covers. <laughs> you were smart about it. Lou's still a good mate of mine. And I'm his ambassador for his centre now. Yeah. I think we have to say the stuff that, and that was a good that Lou and, and you have done, mm. um, the support that Lou gives. Because every year we have that sleep out. Yeah. It's yeah. And I've done every one of them. I haven't missed one yet. So that's about eight or nine years I've done. Yeah, and it's blooming cold those nights. And I've always got the biggest money in the collection. Well, that's no surprise there. <laughs> how, how did the film come about? No, the sort of who approached you about doing it? It was a chap from Exquio, man, who was a, a writer in the paper, The Guardian, and he saw it. So he got in touch with Peter Balker. Yeah. We've got uh, different plays on, and that's how we're going. But I, I tell you, it's been a great time ringing people up about different things. Because it, it's been a book, it's been a play, it's been a BBC film. Yeah. Um, and the BAFTAs. The BAFTAs. Oh, yes. <laughs> because when you go with BAFTAs, you don't know if you're going to win it. But I kidding up, I said, we can go to London and win the BAFTAs. And that's what happened. You, you didn't plan your speech either, did you? No, you I think oh, that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because when I mentioned the Queen, and it, yeah. <laughs> I think people thought the director or the producer were going to speak, Neil, but... I know. What, why, why would they? <laughs> you can let the star speak, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> but... It's very funny because yesterday I rung Notton Theatre, not uh, Royal Theatre, and I rung up and I got in touch with somebody from the stage door. And he says, It's not Neil, is it? I said, Yeah, it is. He met me at Notts County game when I went to see Notts County. Right, see and today. he says, I've met you before. And he says, you can get your play because it's a good one. So I just hope things are going right, you know. Was, was there anything left out of Marvellous that you wanted in that they wouldn't put in? or No, they did everything what I wanted, I think. They mm. to what and it wanted. was good. Yeah, it was a, it was an accurate portrayal of yeah. what was good. Because all this happened when my mum and dad died, see. Yeah. So I knew if I do it, it'd be famous, and it was. <laughs> I think there's a couple of moments that really stand out for me, one of which is the underpants incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, one of the best scenes in the film. Because Martin Crothers, his girlfriend, got on to me about her. <laughs> And, why would that and last year, Martin came to Stoke, and he was good as gold. And what, and what did he say to you? That he'd become famous mm. because of that scene? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. But i never forget when one day um, Keith Scott came in and said, Hey, you, you mong, get me a cup of tea now. And I said, no. I said, you're late. And I don't like making tea for late people. He got me round the neck, 
put me on the floor. I couldn't breathe. Really? We had to get the doctor in. And uh, Tony Lacey went and hit him. And Lou came in and says, in my office now, you're sacked. And that's how I still got my machine. Well, well, um... <laughs> and what did Mark Sheeran do? Great player. Oh, 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 oh. So we've got you to thank for Mark Sheeran. Yeah. Mm. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but tell us about the underpants. Why did you, what came into your head to do that? I'll tell you, Lou said, get all the underpants on. That was Lou's idea. Yes, <laughs> Lou's idea, not mine. <laughs> And I had to suffer for it after, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great bit of fun to do. How many how many pairs did you manage to get on them? Oh, it was ten, <laughs> fifteen. Because <laughs> I think there were three subs at the time, yeah. so uh-huh. that's a goal league, yeah. so it's fifteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it made everybody laugh, wasn't it? And it's not. It's not and I've still got. Uh, Crowbers now, still gone. Still keep on to Mark. And then the, the other scene for me is that the the moment you actually came on the pitch wearing a snow shirt. Oh, Aston Villa. Uh, Villa. What was that like? Testimonial. Gordon Collins. Sid Collins, yeah. It was great because Lou had to get permission. Yeah. To get me on because you weren't a registered player, so no. technically that shouldn't have happened. I know, know. but David Platt was that lovely with me, right? Okay, I mean, really for anybody who obviously didn't see it now, in the film, it's portrayed that the cross comes in and you have an absolute amazing header and it goes in the corner. Now, I want to get that in the net, <laughs> <laughs> but that stupid uh player, Tony Kelly, that's right. And he kicked me out of my way, so I couldn't score. But I would have liked to score because it would have been in a book of records. Yeah. And I know when my team uh, at Keel played at Port Vale, and I got a penalty and I scored it. And I've always liked playing football in my younger days. I can still do it now and if I want to, but. Uh, it's always nice to be happy in life, mm-hmm. and I've always tried to be happy in life, and that's why I've got a good faith in Jesus Christ. And, and he was the uh, the veil keeper that you scored past, do you remember? No, it wasn't a veil keeper, it was another team. Oh, you thought you were using veil Park? Yeah. Ah, right, good. Yeah, yeah. And it was lovely. I was like scouting like these. <laughs> I'd, I'd put him down in my notebook as you know as a, a definite sign that I could get if I could get. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lou does say he's his best signing. Eh? Lou does say that Neil was his yeah. best. That's signing. Well, and I've got a shirt saying that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, did he ever? Because obviously when he left for Celtic, did he not? Did he not want to take you with him? Yeah, but he said, "Them Scottish people." Um, Eat you alive. It's <laughs> a different crowd. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was your reaction to that? Because again, I went up to Celtic with uh, Reading and me okay. and Chick and everybody, you know, and it was a nice weekend. You were very well known for the pranks, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and we saw again a couple, the, the, the famous one with you uh, dressed up 
Your, um, <laughs> Scottish uh, chicken, out, out, uh, uh, yeah, and Scottish um, out of it, yeah, and the kilt on, with your kilt on, absolutely. Mm. Was are there any pranks that we don't know about that you want to divulge? Yeah, sure because <laughs> uh, we went to play a game at um, Middlesbrough area and we stayed in a lovely hotel, and I went in as Lord Baldwin of Keel. <laughs> and it was very funny because Lou told him I was somebody famous. So he got me cigars, and <laughs> smoking cigars, and uh, and they said, do you want anything else, Lord Baldwin? I said, I get a good bed for us tonight. So I did. And it was really funny because Lou was laughing his head off, especially when that uh, play in the play when I uh, forgot his name now. It was a uh, stoke man, Alvin Gaskell. Oh, yes. Was uh, reporting. And he couldn't stop laughing about that Scotch kilt. If, any, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's on YouTube and mm. it's just the funniest thing. It's, it's basically Lou announcing a new signing with the straightest of faces. <laughs> And it turns out it, it's uh, Neil dressed as a, a Scotsman in a yeah. kilt. And, oh, and at, at the end, everyone just kills themselves laughing. It's absolutely brilliant. It's well worth it. And Ivan couldn't stop laughing at all. <laughs> I, I get the impression that Lou was the instigator to a lot of these things. Oh, yeah, she was. <laughs> I know. It's, it's all about morale, isn't it? And you know, yeah. as a manager, you, you're yeah. all about morale with players, yeah. aren't you? And we went. Italy to play in the Italian Cup. Yeah. And I was in the lift when somebody else and it just stopped. <laughs> and I thought, what's happened here? So we couldn't get out. So we got out later. And you know the boat things in that area. Uh, this. Uh, yeah. Me and um, some other staff. Went on the ground singing one cornetto all the way. And it was really funny because um first time I went in a boat like that, you know. And yeah. it was really happy because Luke came back, took me out for a coffee, and he gave the lady wrong money. And I got told off for it. What Lou, what Lou did for me, yeah. and it was really comical because I said, Lou, you give us the wrong money. Oh, no, I haven't, he says, but he had. So it was lovely laughing about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you about the relationship there between Lou and, and Nalo. I mean, how, how did you sort of, does any sort of, Kitman that stand around, stand out from your time. Sort of no, Lou and me, although there was great rivals, I mean, the thing is that um, we always got on pretty well, you know. I mean, the thing is that uh, um, there's always fierce competition in the games. I mean, there's some great games we had uh, against each other. Um, and at that time, you see, I think that uh, the game has changed so much now in the sense that, mm -hmm. I mean, Lou and myself were here, there and everywhere, looking for players, buying players, going out on a regular basis. 
Well, I mean, a lot of that's changed now. You know, there's a, you know, they've got directors of football, they've got, I think, they've got owners who actually sort of, you know, sort of buying players before the manager don't even know yeah. about. You know, so I mean, that, 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 and it does happen now in the sense that the game has changed so much now, you know? Do you think academies have played a lot in that as well? Like sort of getting kids into... Of well, as you pick them up a bit older than anyone who shows any half decent abilities. Well, the, the difference between sometimes with the academy, I can remember actually, I started in the academy at um, at the uh, university actually before Stoke, and sort of when actually Lou Macari was actually the one who, who was taking that then. But at that time, if you've got a decent player and you started doing well, and sort of another club say, I'm, I'm a poor bear, all of a sudden if a Stoke or even like a Wolves and Manchester United saw him, they would take him off you and you've got nothing. But now that has changed because the situation now is that if somebody comes and takes one of your young players, they have to pay compensation. So that makes a massive difference. And also... It's as a manager, you've got to be a little bit careful in the sense that you you want to play and bring and bring your young players through, mm. but when you bring them into the team, um, <clears throat> you've got to be a situation where you're always going to be you've got to be winning games. You know, you can develop the young ones and you want to develop the young ones, but I mean, you you for to be able to keep your job, you've got to be winning matches and sort of and doing things. If you keep on putting that many young ones in the team who are not experienced and may not be able to handle the situation, then sort of, you you know, you're going to lose games and you're, you're going to get the sack. Mm. And sort of, and that's more and more, I think now, it's more and more difficult for managers now. Um, so you've got to have players who are going to be able to do the job for you as well. I mean, you want to develop the young players, which you guys. I mean, I used to always say to them at that time, I used to say to the parents when they used to come in, and I said, look, um, Seven out of ten of the apprentices, I says, won't get to, taken on. So I says, make sure that they make sure you, they still continue doing their education and doing their. And I used to concentrate on the parents when I used to meet them in this season to make sure that they did that. Um, so uh, bringing young players through is vital, yes, without a doubt. But also, as a manager, you you need players where they're going to get your results. Mm. Now the young players sometimes, um, you know, you may you can have one as it happens at the moment in time. Paul Vale have got quite a few, you know, one or two young ones, but they're from player from clubs which are um, are trying to develop the, the thing. I mean, one from Tottenham, one from Sheffield United. You know, they they're sort of not able to sort of put them into the into the sort of the, the top level t- uh, clubs. They're not ready just yet. Mm. Um, so. It's um, it's a difficult situation to to have in the sense that when you know for well as a manager you've got to get results. I was going to say a bit of a sidebar then. So Tony Pulis for me is my all-time favourite manager, and Tony was often criticised for not playing the kids. Is is that an element of that that he just knew he could rely on the more experienced players, and it was a bit well, cautious with the younger players? Well, I mean, Tony and I were. I mean, I was at Bristol Rovers with Tony. And sort of, and uh, he tried to t- crack on to me. We played in a game, sort of, I was a bit older than Tony. And sort of, we play in a practice game and he's, he's marking me. And sort of, uh, he goes on and tells me the story that he never gave me a kick. 
I can assure you that he gave me more than one kick <laughs> because he was, he was a bit of a booter <laughs> when he was playing. I can assure you of that. So, I mean, the thing is that, uh, yeah, uh, um, so that's a little bit of a story about Tony. But, I mean, Tony uh, did exceptionally well. I mean, don't forget, we had two periods at the club and I was there. Um, the first period, obviously, um, <clears throat> came and sort of and then with the Icelandics oh, wow. and um, it was um, unfortunate they cracked on the toe. They, they were wanting to always bring, when I was there, I was there as director of football, which is a different role and whatever. And so I'm negotiating contracts and also helping to sign, sign players. And they were saying that we weren't signing enough foreign players, you know. Which I didn't think was uh, was correct, and sort of and Tony as well. And I can uh, I can remember saying to him, Tony, I said, you know, I said that, that we did have quite a few Icelandic players who came, yeah. and sort of one or two were successful for us and did well for us, but one or two were a little bit below par. I was in, and and they said, I said to him, Tony, let them bring he them over because they were bringing them over, and sort of from from Iceland and also one or two other other countries. But, I mean, that was the uh, excuse they gave as regarding sort of releasing Tony then at, uh, as, as, the, as the manager. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, which was a little bit disappointing, but as I said, then that's... Uh, Triggy and Ziggy. Eh? Triggy and Ziggy. Triggy and Ziggy, yeah. Funny you should mention the Icelandics, though. Bjarne Good Johnson was at the game yeah. last week. Was he? He was. Yeah. Lost a lot of fat in that's his face. You look different, isn't he? He looked different altogether. I'm not saying he looks fitter now. And his two sons, his two sons from over there. Yeah, we had some good Icelandic players. I mean, there wasn't them in, and then um, and sort of uh, um, good, good John Thorison was. Um, um, <clears throat> you know, we had three great years with Good John. You know, I mean, to sense it regarding um, when you think that he got promotion and then then mm. and then gets the sack. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit sort of very disappointing for him, you know, and sort of and a, and a shock in the sense. But I mean, then the the Icelandic chairman, then they're all very, they were decent people. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they were, they were there, but I mean, they didn't realise how difficult it was to run a football club with the financial aspects as it was. And at that time, obviously, Peter's coach's business of three six five hadn't set off, so Peter sells the club to the Icelandics. And then we sort of have the the period then of about of, 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 uh, of three years with Good John, 
Um, mm-hmm. we, got, we got the playoffs the first two years and they get promotion the next year. Ryan Bale, let's give him the sack. But he did have a, quite a few confrontations with the chairman. You know, I was sometimes, I can imagine, I can remember one time when we were having a little bit of a uh, celebration dinner at the Clown and sort of uh, we just won promotion and sort of we went and sat in the tables and um, I sat down with my wife and sort of, and, 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 uh, and it was a case of either sitting, the directors were sitting on another table, mm-hmm. uh, kept away from, from Good John, you know? And I come in the room and I thought, well, what what table am we going to sit on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And so anyway, I just I decided to sit with Good John, yeah. and then lo and behold, within the next twenty four forty eight hours, they sack him. You know, oh. so his, his um, relationship with the chairman wasn't good, and sort of that was a little bit unfortunate, really, because I mean, uh, it was enthusiastic. We went to be at the playoffs. Um, yeah. In the, the all three seasons, he deserved the chance, didn't he? Well, I mean, a lot of people were surprised that he got the sack at that time. Yeah, and one manager I didn't like was Bosco. Hmm? Oh, he what, he, Bosco? what he did on you? Ah, Bosco, that's my mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I mean, thought I mean, that was I've, I've told that story, and I tell the story in the book. Really, mm. <clears throat> it was amazing because. I've gone pretty well with uh, Bosco. Oh, didn't you? Oh. To start with, mm. to start with, he lost his wife as well as sort of. Um, oh, didn't he? Oh. Um, uh, you know, in, earlier on, and sort of, and then actually, I I went over to, <clears throat> um, I think to to you know with, to meet his relations actually abroad, mm. um, and I said, no, uh, no, I don't. He said, no, I want you to come with me. So we had uh, we had quite a good we had a good relationship, you know. What I mean, oh. but he. He wasn't. Um, I can remember we were uh, we were in pre-season and we were we were struggling regarding getting players and things like that. And he said to me, he says, oh, I says, I'm 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 going to speak to the chairman. He says, I'm about enough. I said, No, hold on a bit. I said, Don't worry. I said, Look, you get your foreign players. I says, and I'll I'll look after the English players. Yeah. And so that's how we used to work. And sort of it was a case of everything was going fine. The only thing was is that at that spell when uh, when all the disaster happened it was this, we went to Coventry and we hadn't won for seven matches and so we were desperate to win the game. I'm sitting up there with all the English directors, uh, Peter Coates and that in the in the stand, mm-hmm. and we were winning two one. We win two one, and so but we were getting a lot of threat down the right-hand side of our defence because our young, our young left-back was, was only just his first game, I think, your first or second game. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our left-sided player was not helping him at all. He, you know, he, was, he, you know, and he was allowing the right-back to steam right forward and causing us all sorts of trouble. So I thought, well, so from the stand, it was quite easy to just get down to the dugout. Mm. And I said, uh, I, I said to Peter Coates, I said, look, I'll just go down and sort of just have a word with So I goes down there and sort of, of course, boss camp is on the touchline giving instructions. Um, so I speak to Johan and sort of, and sort of, and so I said to him, oh, we've got to stop this lad going forward. I said, no, we so instead of, instead of that, uh, instead of him telling boss camp, mm. he went out and sort of says to him, oh, yeah, we want you to come over here a little bit. And they then sort of, the goalkeeper then who was uh, sitting on the bench told him that I'd come down from the uh, stand 
and sort of you know said this and said that um and sort of after that he he actually after the match he went crazy because the goalkeeper had mentioned it to Boscamp and um and then sort of started going on saying you know this apparently there was a, the same incident that happened abroad and sort of and he wasn't happy about that and sort of whatever no matter what I said to him, I went to the next in the morning and I said, look, I apologise if you think I was trying to sort of be out of, out of turn, that I was all I was always trying to do is to try and help us. I said, you know, we hadn't won for seven games. I said, we were winning 2-1, we were desperate to win that game. And and I thought that, you know, and you weren't actually there, you were on the touchline. Mm-hmm. So, but he wouldn't have it. You know, he was in situation. And I always believed that he, he'd had enough. He was wanting something to try and get yeah. out and sort of and be in the ages. Uh, the the director said, you know, I think that I got blow all over this wall. You know, this, no, don't worry about this. But it didn't. Was it all? No, it wasn't smelling the roses. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, um, and then Peter Coach is obviously three six five developed and oh, got wow. and sort of and then sort of he, he sort of before the end of the season, he then bought the club again because the Icelandics found out. It's not an easy thing to run a football club. Yeah, they money. Do, do you think they struggled? Like I say, they are with good job. The fallout, obviously, with Terry and the attacks as well, but he had. Do you think they struggled maybe with that sort of carrot and stick kind of to keep a manager happy with what they gave him? Because like, I mean, the Steve Cottrell situation as well. Oh, right. Steve, Steve. Steve. Now, Steve Cottrell's under lasted 14 games. I mean, when he rang me and sort of said to me, he says, uh, John, I need to speak to you. I said, why? He said, well, I'll, I'll tell you when I get here. He used to live a little bit down south. He come in and says, he says, I'm going um, I'm, I'm to um, leave. I said, what do you mean you're going to leave? You only had 14 games here. Mm. And so I said, hey, you know, I've got a chance of going to going to, to uh, up, up to another job. Assistant manager. Assistant manager. Yeah. And so in many ways, that didn't work out too well for him actually. Although the Icelandic were decent people, but I mean the thing is, I don't think they realised what it was like to run a football club and how expensive this is going to be. I mean, they sold one or two of our very good players. We didn't want them yeah. to sell. I mean, they they yeah. got quite a few good good, good fees, in Come this is it. I mean, they they sold quite a lot, a lot of the players. Is the story as well as Steve Cottrell about did he about the car and the keys? Is that true, or is that sort of just they were just locked the keys in the boot of his car and just went? I don't, I don't know that story as well as you you were explaining there. I mean, Steve, he only he only he only had fourteen games, Steve. I mean, thing is, we've gone great. I mean, he was uh, um, he'd done very well at his previous club, and mm. sort of, and then he came uh, came here. But he had the opportunity to go to a probably a bigger club at that time, and probably more wages, yeah. and sort of, and then after fourteen games, which is you know a very short period, he decided to 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 uh, to leave because yeah. he went in Alan Wilkinson. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, you see, yeah. Howard, you see, I mean, and the both of them, they didn't have a very good time there. They got sacked pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm. yeah? And it was. I seem to remember, I don't know what team he came back with, but Cottrell came back for the first game, if any of you remember. Seriously? Yeah. I think it was at Burnley. He went to Burnley and then he was at Shrewsbury. Mm. Yeah. And he's just, he just left Shrewsbury now. Yeah. yeah. Where is he now? 
anyway. No, I, I don't think he's got a job. But the, he was he was very very ill with with the with COVID. The COVID. Mm. Actually, he was very very ill. I mean, I spoke to him and he came he came to one of the games recently, and sort of and he said that he he was in real real bad bad shape. Mm. Well, he said that because he was talking about the Icelandics, because, yeah. because he said he couldn't make communications with them, which is difficult, because you can imagine, yeah. like, you're, you're, you're here, they're over in Iceland for most of the time, mm-hmm. and you're sort of, um, um, you know, trying to do things and whatever, and they're not on hand. You know? Of course, after, after that, then George Burley did his kind of ghost appearance and, mm-hmm. and, and disappeared. So, yeah. Well, that, that, we that left completely oh, in the hole. That, that said, we're going to, we were trying to get Tony the job, but I mean, Tony Pulis, the job, Peter Coates and myself was trying to get Tony the job. And George Burley uh, arose as the, as the one who was going to get the job. He'd arranged to, to have the job. He's got the job, and he came and watched the match. And he was due to have the press conference and the next morning, half past 12, thinking, I said to him, okay, then um, see you in the morning, you know, we'll get cracking, whatever, and things like that. Didn't turn up. Mm-hmm. And then sort of what happened then is because Tony Pulis had had an interview and whatever, and sort of, what are we going to do now? I said, well, that's Tony Pulis. So, <laughs> so Peter Coates and myself were highly delighted that that situation that, uh, that, that, that arose. I mean, the, the best thing that ever happened was George Bill getting that chopped down from the Yeah, I think oh. it's a real side of the Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think we appreciated at that point quite how in a hole the club was, mm-hmm. both in a playing sense and financially. They, they were struggling, the Icelandic were at that point, mm-hmm. they really were. Yeah. Um, and Tony somehow, especially one of my favourite seasons personally, the 0203 season, because we. We were in deep doo doo. I don't remember his first game was away at Walsall and he made two subs. Oh, yeah, fine. I think at 3 0 down. And the away end, it was I was in, but I wasn't singing it. Was singing, you don't know what you're doing. Five minutes later, both subs had scored. Yeah. <laughs> and then Wayne Thomas gave a stupid penalty away and we lost 4 2. Oh. Um, but actually, you could see there was something there. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the season it somehow hauled us up that we just had to win that last game against yeah. Reading to stay up and that was even if that was even if Grimsby won and it didn't yeah. um, so we somehow turned it around but a lot of that actually you and Tony worked incredibly closely didn't you John that yeah. so a lot of loan signings came in yeah. that season you think of Mark Crossley Paul Warhurst Paul Warhurst who was brilliant for us oh, for yeah. a few games um, Addy was a yeah. uh, there was half Mark Williams mm-hmm. as yeah. well um, you were intensely no. involved in yeah I was involved in, in most of all them, them signings which we made I mean Tony came in and sort of and then sort of and then obviously did with the financial backing which Peter I mean the difference was there where, where Tony came when Peter's 365 business started to evolve and started the financial situation started getting a lot better and so it was a different kettle fish altogether from the first time that he came as manager. Mm. Um, so and then we had this sort of uh, uh, really great, great run then, and sort of uh, going to the FA Cup final. Yeah. You know that was uh, we had a couple of bad injuries at the time. You know going going to uh, going to Wembley, 
Um, and being and Belgian five, no. Oh, it's sent, oh, I can remember sitting up there because uh, I'm sitting up in the stand now, don't yeah. I'm not sitting on the bench. And sort of, um, I'm saying, at half time, I think it was three nothing. We were three yeah, nothing yeah. at half time. And I, I, got, I said to my girl, she was sitting next to me, I said, we're going to be in the final here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was there, but that was it. Eh? Ah. When we got to five, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was just a little bit unfortunate. We were, we had one or two bad injuries just before the final. Yeah, we did. Um, and, yeah, and uh, Manchester City weren't, but, but they're just on the beginning of their sort of, their, their sort of involvement like they are now, yeah. where that, 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 they, they were just developing in the, to what they've developed into now as one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. I mean, they were sort of, they, they were still sort of a little bit sort of on the fringe then. Um, but we, uh, as normal, we were solid time. Tommy, I think, you know, you used to like to have four centre drives at the back four. Tell you my favourite. And sort of... Uh, Foden. Eh? Foden. Yeah. And uh, he, the player. he goes keel every week. Yeah. Is he? Fishing. Fishing. Fishing when they start that keel. Really? Oh, Three, uh. yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people that keel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've met him. I've met him. I like yeah. him very much. Wow. Yeah. It was a, that was a, you know, a great time and then sort of losing to, to them, to Manchester City, mm. but then sort of developing on and then actually going and, and then developing and going again promotion. Um, that was great times to Stoke. You yeah. know, I mean, when you when you think of it, of the the times we had there, Tony did a great job. Um, but uh, we had a lot of staff then, a lot of staff, mm -hmm. um, uh, which we, we which we developed, and that was only because of the the financial situation which arose when Tony when Peter's business started going and developing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that the Stoke supporters have got a lot to, to thank uh, Peter Coates for in the sense that yeah. he's... Uh, well, we were talking the other day, Jonas, on the pod that um, obviously the Sheffield Wednesday owner is well, was asking the fans to all oh, uh, £100 each so they can pay this £2 million bill. And, you know, you hear in the past people, oh, the Coates family need to go, they've made the wrong decision again. And my point on the pod was just take a step back Mm. Do you want the Coates family to go who have to just pump millions into the club? Yeah. Or do you want somebody like this? Who's like, yeah. You don't know if you can have a club in 12 months' time. Like, it baffles me that people don't like. Well, yeah, I think I think what, what, what's developed now is that there's a, a lot of clubs now. I mean, when I when I was a player or whatever, used to have always used to have English English sort of owners, <laughs> English players, whatever. You used to have the uh, the baker, the baker, the, the candlestick maker. Used to be the owners of the of the of the of the, of, of, of the clubs. Now there's a lot of foreign managers. There's a lot of foreign owners. Or whatever, and for a lot of foreign players, and we're very lucky in the sense that uh, you've got uh, Peter Coates and the Shanahans, who are actually the owners of the two teams in Stoke on Trent. Yeah. yeah, because you've got uh, both of those those people who are the owners are very dedicated to the club. I mean, Peter Coates at the time he had, I mean, he think is, and then he decided to buy the club back. That's mm. sort of, you know, I mean, I think the, the supporters, the supporters were aiming him out, you know, at one time, and sort of it's the same with the with the with the Paul Vale, is the Shannons are the same. They've got, we are fortunate that we've got English English owners um, uh, who, who are looking after the club, 
I mean, you look at a lot of the clubs in the country now mm-hmm. of how many are, are actually owned by foreign yeah. that was When I was playing, that was another thing. As I said, mm-hmm. it used to be the baker. The candlestick maker used to own the clubs. And, you know, yeah. The one thing about that is you know that the Coast family and the Shanahan's have got the best interests of that football club. You don't know that. But Chivers did Chansey reach Sheffield Wednesday or the Glazers at Man United. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, they're exactly. I mean, it's like when I went to, I was helping the, the solicitors when um, Carol came to buy the club. And she said, uh, oh, it's going to be, um, Norman says, it's going to be five million. I says, Carol, I says, I says, five million. I says, I says, I says it's too dear for Carol. You know, it's the same with Peter Coates. And the thing is that he used to get quite a lot of stick from the from the supporters and there was all sort of things saying, you know, about this and that. But he, he had that much been local as well. He came back and sort of, when his 365 developed and was able to then sort of... Uh, put more money into it, which he has done, and sort of, and so we are very fortunate it's in Stoke as football supporters for both clubs is that we've got, we got English owners who've got the interests, not only the club, but also their, mm. uh, uh, the community as well that you had hand. And, and you spent some time with Peter recently, haven't you, John? <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I went to, went to the game. Um, and when the virus is on, I didn't go to many Stoke games at all. But I mean, the thing is, I did. Uh, I did go to the game the other week. The Leeds game, yes. And sort of, and then he, he was. He, I was up with Peter from the game, and sort of um, good game as normal. I mean, uh, obviously, his son now, John, he's the one who what's more or less. Uh, Peter's having a little bit of a rest from me, I think. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. It's good, you know, it's good to see him, John, actually, because he's been out of the public eye for so long. I've been honest, a lot of people were quite worried about Peter. Like, I think I there's something kind of going on here we don't know about, but... No, no, it's all well, is it? Well, I was sat, I was sat in there. I sat in that lunch, uh, dinner with him before the game and sort of, you know, he was fine, obviously. Uh, yeah. His wife didn't come. She used to come to watch a lot of the games, um, but she, she wasn't there. She used to, She said that she goes in the afternoon games, not, not the night times. But as I said, we, as, I said as, as, a, as, a, as a city, um, Stoke, we're very lucky to have uh, owners who are, uh, who are English and have got the heart and soul in the club. That's right. One of the very happy outcomes of John's um, uh, meetings with, with Peter Coates has been that the, the club shop is now stocking to cap it all. Um, they're taking 50 copies. Um, uh, so rush and get those because they probably won't last very long, folks. Right. Um, but the, more, the quicker you buy them, the more you buy them, the more they'll um, order some more. But they are now going to be available uh, in the club mm. shop. Um, probably from mid-November. That's good. Well, that's great news. I mean, the thing is, we were talking about sort of, um, of um, obviously, the club shop in Port Vale is selling them as well for me. And also, obviously, the news that, that, that uh, Peter and, and the and his son have allowed that to happen, that's great. I mean, the thing is, um, I had sort of um, 14 fantastic years at Stoke. Hmm. And a lot of people think, and they've got like a Port Vale, you think, and they're saying, you never had 14 years at Stoke. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, 14 years out of Stoke from 2000 to 2014. 
We had great times there. We won promotion to the Premier League. We went to, we went to the FA Cup final. We had uh, quite a lot of uh, fantastic uh, uh, um, transfers, which we did yeah. at that time. I worked with five different managers in that period, <clears throat> you know, Somebody remember me might be boss camp. It's a little bit of an experience in itself, mm-hmm. but obviously, with nine Tony from when I was a boy, when I was at uh, when uh, at um, at Bristol Rovers, that was a, a great occasion as well for us. He did a tremendous job for us and got us uh, in into the mm-hmm. Premier League. So my overall sort of um, um, career have been I've been very lucky, you know, sort of to mm-hmm. have been been here since seventy uh, nine. And I'm still here now, and I'm sort of still sort of involved at Port Vale as the president, mm. um, going to all the games with Kevin, who is a fantastic fellow, who is the, who's the, who's the, uh, the uh, husband of, of Carol. Um, we go to all the games together in the car. We, we, we take the mickey out of each other now and again, and sort of in the back of the car and whatever. But, I mean, I'm so very fortunate and lucky to have had the opportunity to go there as the pre- as the president of the club and to go to all the games, which I enjoy tremendously at my age now. I mean, I'm, you know, getting on a little bit now, if you yeah. wouldn't think, but, I mean, think <laughs> I've still got no air, as the, as the Stoke support Stoke, and they used to shout, Reggie, Reggie, you've got no air, but we don't care, you know? <laughs> so, um, so um, no, I've been very, very, I've been very lucky in sort of it, being yeah. here at Stoke, and it's been, it's been a pleasure to have served both clubs. This is unconscious of time. Um, we've had a couple of questions that, that came in for yourself, Neil, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, Nath is, is asked, um, can you ask Neil who his favourite player to ever put on a stoke shirt is, his favourite manager, although we probably never know that one. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so your, your favourite... Because so- when Lou was the manager, he thought I was going to take it off him. <laughs> he says, I've only just signed. And I said... It's all right, Louis, a manager. I come after you. <laughs> but uh, it's always been a great life, football has for me, uh, because I'm named after one of ex Stoke players, Neil Franklin. So my name is Neil Franklin Baldwin. And I didn't know that till 2019 <laughs> because. I had a letter off the ex-Prime Minister, Mrs May, to have this medal presented to me. So when she wrote it, it was Neil Baldwin, uh, Neil Franklin Baldwin. I knew Neil signed at my uh, birth certificate, and I thought, oh, I'm named after him. So. So that's one thing I've been in power with Stoke, because Stoke has always been my team, and uh, I've always enjoyed being at Stoke. And even when I was in hospital, Alex Neil sent me a letter, and it said, Neil Baldwin, a true Stokey. And I was very happy to get that. And he said, all the players want you to get fit. So I'm glad I am. Because since I've been back, they've won three games. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, but you, but you, you haven't scored any goals yet, have you? <laughs> no, in my game, in my games at Keel, I never missed a penalty in thirty-two games, and I've got a referee who can. I have refereed some of those games. I can confirm that. Story. No, my mate, you're Irish. You're Irish. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, he he did the big showpiece games. It's just uh. you know, I did the one of Mill stuff now. But I always like scoring when I did. So who are you going for is your favourite ever state player? Best player? Yeah. There's only one. Sir Stanley Matthews. None Neil Franklin. Yep. Yeah, I've got a big photograph in my um my room in the Abbey Stan. Yeah, no, he was a nice man, he was and the best player, as well, would be a good man to me, the goalkeeper. When my mum was ill, got me a taxi all the way back from, when um, he paid a taxi for me, was that goalkeeper who used to play for Everton. Never sound for him. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't always bad. I know. It was rather a good goalie. No, but he sound. paid a taxi fare. To get me back so to the hospital. An unbelievable reputation of being a wonderful man in the game. He mm. really does. Brilliant. And probably just to finish off there, I guess, um, what do you make of Alex Neal and Stoke City in the modern day? Yeah. Alex Neal is a great man. After what? I met him at uh, Notts County when I went down to see the. And he met me then. When he first came, I made him a card to wish him all the best. Never met him until this year. But I love him and what a great manager he has been, especially signing all these players. They must have cost plenty of money <laughs> yeah. because some internationals what we got. And one thing I don't like is Ben Pearson getting boots every time. <laughs> I'm going to tell him when I see him today. Well, John started to come to Stoke matches again now, so John's going to come back over to the yeah. Stoke side. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can both share <laughs> seats in the stadium. Ah. <laughs> to be involved in football for, um, for all so long, since I was 15 to what, I'm 79 now, I'm so fortunate, you know, and sort of, and so... Um, you only beat him in about two years, John. <laughs> yeah. well, well, this is it. I mean, 77, uh, no? I, when they say 77, I thought, God, it's surely not that. You know, it's amazing how, how the years have gone by. Mm. Incredible. I mean, I've lived at um, Torquay. I lived, at, I lived mm. at Torquay. I lived at Bournemouth. I've lived at Bristol, but I can assure you, I mean, the uh, the people and that in, in uh, Stoke-on-Trent, there's no comparison to them in, in, to the south, no disrespect to them, but, I mean, the, they are down to earth. They're they people are. who you can sort of um, really sort of get friendly with and whatever and things like that, and there's quite a lot of difference between north and south, and that's... Um, that illustrated that, or we'd, although we'd got a nice beach hood down in Torquay, you know, and there's, uh, um, as Simon has said, there's no beach huts in Bournemouth, in, uh, in, in Bursley. Ah. <laughs> but you got Westport Lake. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. And we used to go to Westport Lake. Yeah, yeah. Westport Lake when I was early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah we used to go there. 
I miss a train round that, run round that, mm. run up, run up, um, Trenton Gardens, you know, oh, up, up the hills up there. Yeah. Amazing what they used to do mm. then. No, I mean, wouldn't think about that doing that mm. now. Can we just say, um, John is going to be doing a, um, some signings around the city. The one that Stoke fans will probably be most interested in is actually at Mikersley and Biddle Supporters Club, um, which is on Thursday, the 23rd of November, um, starting at 7, um, but the doors open at 6. Um, copies will be available on the night, so you don't have to buy one in advance. You can get them there, and John will sign. Oh, I've got it. I wonder whether the, the, the rivalry between the Poor Bell and the Stoke supporters and things like that, um, they were very good to me at Stoke. I mean, mm. I just hope that, that they will sort of think, well, it might be an interesting read to have a listen to, um, you know, what I've said about the Stoke years. Mm. Um, I know that, um, okay, I may be associated with more with Poor Bell after 19 years and then going back there, but I had 14 fantastic years at Stoke as well. And hopefully they will um, will sort of enjoy the book, enjoy the book and all the instances. There's quite a lot of stories in there. And sort of it was great times and we had some great things, working with five different managers, uh, you, know, you know, getting some very good transfers done. You know, we had some great success and hopefully they'll enjoy the book. Yeah. Well, like I say, nervously, if you want to get okay. yourselves down there, get, get a copy of the book, that'd be great. If not, they're going to be in the club shop. Either way, there's no excuse yeah. for not getting a coffee. So thanks to thank Neil, you very thank much. Thank you very much, uh, yeah. John. As always, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you yeah. So there you go, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that. I know we certainly did. We really could have gone on for hours, um, honestly, with with two people like that. You know, they've got so many stories, so much history. Uh, there's so many great stories that came out of that there, some that we'd never heard of. You know, the Mike Sheeran uh, situation, you know, the kind of dressing room antics as well, you know, various different stuff. Phil Foden going fishing in Stoke every single week. Uh, maybe he's a future signing, you never know. Uh, but yeah, there's a hell of a lot um, kind of to digest in there. I've been editing that now for a while, and even I missed things first time round that, um, you know, I generally could not even remember talking about. So you might want to go back and listen to it again at some point in the future. I hope you do. But as we've mentioned, um, if you want to go and get a copy of the book, you can do so at Nipersley. There's going to be that event later on in November. You can also go to the website, so it's thecapital.co.uk, and you'll be able to pick up a copy uh, via that as well. So there's plenty of places to go. We really hope you enjoy the book. It's a brilliant book, I'll be honest with you. There's so much to get into. Um, but as always, you know, I hope we've been able to bring you a, an interesting set of interviews. If you want to catch part one, then you can go back into the uh, the library and catch part one uh, as well, which is a one-on-one with John Rudge. Um, again, a number of stories throughout that. So thank you, everybody. We appreciate your support. And we'll be back, as always, with your pods on Friday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.